The following podcast is a next level production. You're whole again. I felt it come back when I. I. When you sacrificed yourself for Siri. A sacrifice I'd make again. In a heartbeat. I don't forgive you, Yennefer. I know I've hurt you. Yet I can't help but wish you could begin again. Use your knowledge of magic to train the girl. You're the only person who's helped to control her powers. As if I'd trust anyone else with her. Villain Treadenworth told us we were made for each other. Destined for each other. And that nothing would come of it. Because destiny alone is insufficient. Something more is needed. Panelers, welcome back to the show. I'm Steve. I'm Laura. And this is going to be a spoilerful podcast about the eighth episode of The Witcher Season 2, the season finale. Woohoo! Oh, entitled Family. So, Laura, why don't you give us our synopsis? Sure. Geralt faces off with a demon targeting his nearest and dearest, while the most powerful players on the continent ramp up their pursuit of Ciri. It's a pretty good one. I think that's, I think I can go with that. That's, that's a pretty good synopsis. <laughs> no spoilers in stuff. it. No, no spoilers in it. Leaves out a little bit. But, uh, the, you know, before we get into our initial thoughts, let's go back to our new faces in our in places. And uh, I think uh, this first one is really, really cool that you picked up on. I did not pick up on the name. So uh, it's Philippa. And this is the recurring character in a new form. We found out that Dykstra's pet Al is actually an... Animagus, an animagus, nod to the Harry Potter fans. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Is that a person who turns into an animal? An yes. animagus? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And uh, she turns out to be the perfect spy. Yeah. And we also get a brief appearance of Maeve, um, one of the rulers of the North and a new member of the Brotherhood. Okay. That was the young female who yeah. was on the, the council there at the end. Great. Yeah, who great. said that okay. life was easier when Siri was dead. Yeah. Yeah, I caught that this time. My second, the, the second time around, I caught that. I didn't catch it the first time around. So, uh, and and we get a little bit of an update here that the, the temple school with Ninica that Geralt and Siri went to is called the Temple of Mil- Militella. Militelli. I hear. I heard uh, Yennefer say it at the very beginning. Okay, Militelli. Okay, nice. So, what were your initial thoughts for this one? I thought this was the most bitchin' finale episode. (laughs) It was so full of action and um, (laughs) total mic drop moments that I'm sure we'll get into. And great creatures, great... I got my wish um, of a witcher battle, so I loved it. Yes, yes, it it was great. I loved it. And on the second watch, I think I appreciated more a lot of the bits that got kind of tied up. For us, not not answered, but there were things that we were were wondering about mm-hmm. that kind of got got answered for us, and 
like when I came off my initial watch, there was a couple of things that I just, I didn't really, I guess I didn't pay enough attention in my first watch that I, that I caught some of the things. So in the second watch, when things happened that I went, Oh, okay. Now that makes sense. So it was, it was really, really good. I'm with you. Very action packed. Uh, I can't wait to get into our discussion of this one. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, so with that, we will go into our, right into our top five here. Geralt, look, I know this means nothing to you, but I understand now how special she is. When chaos left me, I never thought that I'd feel that spark, that life again. But Siri, she radiates it. That Melitelis, when I helped her control it, when she opened that portal under my direction, I felt like... like I know how it feels, Yennefer. I don't know what Volus May wants from Siri, but we have to protect her. I have to protect her. Laura, why don't you kick us off? All right. My highlight number five, again, was that I got my wish of a Witcher battle. (laughs) We finally got to see all the Witchers in action, fighting against giant basilisks they call them Mm -hmm. but they honestly Mm -hmm. looked like mutated uh velociraptors to me (laughs) (laughs) what'd you think that's what they look like to me when i saw them i'm like those look like velociraptors with a whole bunch of like scales and stuff hanging off of them i i I didn't really think about they just kind of looked like dinosaur some sort of dinosaur creature (laughs) to me uh especially that last one that Geralt got to tangle with there was was pretty pretty cool um yeah, it was great to see all of them with their their black eyes, and you know, uh, Vesemir tells them go get as many potions as you can, and uh, and I'll drop down to this because this was really was one of mine that I, I really enjoyed this this battle that we get because, it, like you said, we get to see them kind of fighting coordinated, but we also we lose at least two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure. One guy got his. Like his face just <laughs> bitten off and he lands in front of Yaskier and you just see this open, open wound face. That's, ah. uh-huh. um, and of, of course we get the reveal that we've been trying to figure out. And I, I you, you, you kind of had figured it out, but I think we got the reveal of it that it wasn't when Siri uses magic. It was whenever Siri screamed mm-hmm. that that one of these monsters came out and we, we find out that that's because she was actually calling them forth with her screams. Yeah. So she basically opens a portal to other realms and just draws them in. Exactly. Exactly. Through those, those monoliths, which we find out that the tree is actually the the witcher tree is a monolith also Mm -hmm. crazy. And I didn't pick up on it until the second watch, but it was the pain of uh, Redania losing all their babies that gives Siri this this, or gives I guess it gave her it gives the deathless mother enough power within Siri that her scream drew out one of the biggest monsters mm. ever. I didn't pick up on it until wow. the second watch because it's it's right after those you, the, the you know the, uh, the um, we'll talk more about that when we get there. But the elves are there in Redania and all the babies are crying. Then all of a sudden. They're not. Yeah. And it cuts right to Siri letting out, like changing, like her expression kind of changes a little bit. Like she realized something. Yeah. And then suddenly she lets out a scream and this ginormous white basilisk comes out of the tree and just 
starts battling with Geralt. And that was such a great – that fight where he's, he's pushing the sword through the thing's skull and then he <laughs> throws it off the side of the parapet. I thought, oh, this is just amazing. So, yeah, it was, it was incredible. I love that fight scene for sure. Yeah, that was a, I didn't actually notice that point of all the babies dying and her gaining such an enormous amount of power because um, I could tell, like, every, you can tell every time she gained powers, her eyes would glow even greener. Like when she was killing the witchers in their beds, she'd stare at them and watch them as they died and she'd absorb that pain from them. And when she was, um, and when she was standing there fighting all the witchers, um, it was Geralt who realized, oh, our hatred is feeding her. She's feeding off of this hatred. That's why Ciri can't escape. You know, she's, we're making her more powerful by trying to fight her. Yeah, yeah. And that was, and like I said, it wasn't until the second watch that I really noticed that, like I said, there's a, there's a beat there between when the babies stop crying and before Siri lets out that scream that she, there's some sort of a change to her expression. Like I said, I think her, her eyes do go and, uh, yeah, so that was that was one of mine as well. So what's your next one? Uh, my next one goes right into the point that you were making, and that is Francesca gives zero fucks now. <laughs> <laughs> Her baby is dead, and she doesn't even, you know, uh, Dara basically admits that he was a spy for Redania and that now that he told them that he wasn't going to be a spy for them anymore, they said that they had other ways of, of getting to Nilfgaard. So she instantly assumes that that means that they are the ones who killed her baby. She she doesn't stop to think if there's any other possible motives, like maybe the fact that the elves weren't going to fight for Nilfgaard anymore. She just instantly gets angry. She She's just playing off of her hatred. They steal some horses and they ride off for Redania. Yeah, yeah. I had part of this in, in one of mine as well, so I'll go right into it. Is is Dara, you know, he's got this remorse over the baby dying. And for a second there when he was talking, I almost thought maybe he was the one that killed the baby. But no, that's, that's not the case. Um, we do find out, though, it, it really seemed kind of... I don't know. I, I want to say anticlimactic, but kind of yada yada that basically the all Dykstra, 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 Dykstra did was lie to him and say, oh, no, I don't want to do anything to the elves. I just want to do something to Nilfgaard, you know, and that was enough for Dara to go, oh, OK, I'll spy for you. And I'm like, really? That was that was your that was your recruitment speech. I still think yeah, he, do- he let him go. I mean, he offered to do it just to be let out of prison because he does tell Francesca that he was in that prison and who knows how bad life was in that Redanian prison just to be let out and to have his freedom back. He might have paid okay. and offered to spy because, yeah, Dykstra did lie to him and say that he was just trying to spy on Redania. He didn't think he had any ill wish towards the elves and maybe he didn't. Maybe he doesn't care. He just wants to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, and this it, this leads right into what the whole point of, of Francesca's baby dying leads us into. You know, it, it was an interesting conversation between Kahir and Frangilla because the, the impression I got the first time I watched it was that Kahir had killed the baby and was basically telling Frangilla, I'm going to give you credit for it with the emir when he when he shows up so that we can still get further because you've killed all these, these other generals. But then in this one, we, you know, we discover who actually killed the baby and we'll talk about that later, but 
but we realize that Kahir didn't do it. So either Kahir just assumed Fringilla had done it, and Fringilla assumed Kahir had done it, and so they both just kind of agreed to, well, we'll be in cahoots together about killing this this baby, but neither one of us is actually going to admit that we did it or something. So it was, it was, it was a little unclear, but I, I understand the writers had to misdirect us away mm-hmm. from uh, the Emir being the, the, the one, you know, and who he was, but it's still, it was, it was one of those things that just, it made me cause to go, Hmm, come on. I kind of liked that but, misdirect though. Cause I thought the same thing, the way that yeah. Kahir was speaking with Francesca, I totally thought that he might've done it. And he was giving her credit so that they could be kind of partners in this con- in this uh, elaborate scheme, and they both would be raised up in the eyes of Emir. But of course, we find out at the end that that's oh, not the it. case. That <laughs> it's oh, too we'll delicious talk- to say we have to say. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it. L- we'll talk about <laughs> it later. That it, it's it's. I had it in my point, but I'll we'll leave it out. But I'll, I will finish up this point with this: How powerful is Francesca? Yes. That that's was crazy. Like, yeah, that's like biblical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what I thought too. When I saw it, I'm like, this is like the Passover in Egypt, except opposite, mm-hmm. you know? So every door yeah. she marked, every child was killed. Yeah. Oh, just heartbreaking. heartbreaking. She was the angel of death. And yeah, ha- she's got to be super powerful to be able to do that to hundreds of babies, maybe thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was that was one of mine as well. So what's your next one? Uh, let me see here. We got, how about Ciri's Dream Prison that Volith Mir puts her yes. in? Is yes. that one of your points too? Yes, it is. I got a bunch about it. So, so okay. go with what you got. Um, well, I'm. it's awesome because we get some returning characters. We get Mausak and we get Calanthe, but no Grandpa Einst. That was a bummer. I would have liked to see him, but maybe the actor wasn't available. Um, they were, they're kind of repeating the, and this, uh, episode had a few callbacks to season one, but they almost repeat that, uh, dance scene because Martin, the guy who comes and requests a dance with her, I went back and checked and it is the same boy who asks her in season one if she'd like to dance. And of course, in season one, she was very reluctant to dance with him because, you know, I don't think she's, she's that attracted to him and she's, she just is not up for it. But this time she just jumps at the chance to do it because she's just so happy to be back at home and back with her family. We get Mausak back and um, let, I'll let you go on with some of your points and then I'll see if you cover this one. Okay, for sure. Because that opening, that opening that that kind of leads throughout the whole episode, really was one of my my big points here. I was faked out for a second about whether we were seeing a flashback, you know, because it was. It, I didn't remember the exact scene from earlier. I'm assuming it's in uh, of banquets, uh, bastards and burials, because that's the one where we had uh, this incident happen. But um, yeah, it was really really cool. But then as soon as I saw her see that dagger. As she's walking by, I realized we're flipping that it was editing back and forth between the dream state and the the reality. And so we see those those crazy eyes like you talked about earlier when she when she puts the knife through two of the witchers heads and she just watches them die. And then she's about to kill Vesemir when Geralt comes in. And, I, you know, I loved there was a moment there where I thought Geralt was going to fall for it. Mm-hmm. But he picks up on it pretty quickly that she's that this is the deathless mother getting her revenge on maybe not the exact witchers who imprisoned her, but definitely getting uh, some revenge on the witchers for putting her in prison. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, as it continued on, it was an interesting look at the history. Like you said, she changes up what happened in that she does go and dance and she starts to enjoy herself. And as she's enjoying herself, she sees, then she sees her mother and her father, which is going to foreshadow some things at the end as well for us. But I love that once she knew that she was being trapped and she was being used, even though she didn't have the power to pull herself out, her non-blood family had that power. And we'll talk more about Yennefer later mm-hmm. on. But I, I just love the fact that, that it's one of those things, and I, I've talked about it before, being being retired military, that for me, non-blood family is is huge. I have I have hardly ever been close to my blood family. I mean, I, I am close to my blood family. Don't take me like I'm not, but I've never been in proximity to them. Maybe that's the way I should explain it. I've never really lived in proximity with my blood family. So I've always had to build up around me that non-blood family. And sometimes those ties are just as strong, if not stronger. And that's what we see here when we see the witchers gathering together to call uh, Siri out of that dream state. Yeah, I love that scene too. They're all like, come back to us, Siri. It wasn't just Geralt. They're all like, we, you know, we need you. Come back. They're, they're like her brothers. And it's so sweet. I loved it. I also um, noticed there was a, a part where Geralt is talking to Siri and she can hear him and it starts to disrupt the dream. And Siri turns around and Malsak, did you recognize w- what Malsak was? What, no, what was he? I, I saw that he changed. Was it the shapeshifter? Yeah, he was the doppelganger. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, that, that he he changed it. So what we're as that as that dream starts to turn dark, that's when she started to be pulled back mm-hmm. out of it. So yeah, that was that was a cool uh, transition and edit there to see her. She suddenly sees the doppelganger for a second, and then it goes back to being Mousak. Yes, and I liked that. Um, you know, she kept asking questions about her family and stuff, and and he was dodging the question. And I don't know if it's because Volithmir just doesn't know, so she can't put it into the dream, or if she was just trying to keep her in there longer and keep her questioning what's going on so she wouldn't leave. Yeah, I think it was really not answering the questions was trying to keep her in the dream. Because if, if you answer too many of the questions, then she's going to be out of it. She's going to be taken out of the dream, I think. so. Yeah. But that was great because, you know, all of us have points in our life where I'm sure we want to go back to a happy time in life and just stay there. And that was her temptation, you know, stay there. And like Geralt said, you know, he's he's like, we are your family. It, we're not perfect, but we are real. Oh, I love that line so much that we aren't perfect, but we're real was great. Because mm-hmm. that was the whole thing there at the end when you start to see them start to fade and turn into powder is is she's starting to realize that this is not real. Yeah. They were, uh, they were Thanos snapped out of that universe. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> and there was a little, I'll save that note for later. <laughs> okay. A little well, Easter we, egg yeah. that was in that scene. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's go on to your next point then. Uh, my next point is the wild hunt. Mm. So, um, Siri eventually gets dragged out of her dream prison and immediately they have to find a way to get Volithmir out of Yennefer and out of this world. And so Geralt recommends to her that if she can pull monsters out of the monoliths, then she can certainly put them back in. So she she screams again, opens a portal, and they're back on that kind of a red planet that they were on when she was doing, when uh, she was in 
what was that? The the Dordutha Dordutha with uh, with um, Triss, you know, yes, where she yeah, saw the, the elf, right, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're back in that pl- in that world, it seems. And Volith Mir is flying away, and here we see the wild hunt coming towards us. Yes, and I had this as one of my quotes. I had this as one of my quotes. I thought because it was so good, I wanted to write it down. Was when they're as they're riding, as that rider appears on his horse, he says, "Child of the Elder Blood, starry-eyed daughter of chaos, join our hunt. Your place is among us. You are." Hours. <laughs> yeah, that was very foreboding. And they looked they looked hideous. They looked like I don't know if they're how many there were, but they were like the four horsemen of the apocalypse or like mm-hmm. the ring wraiths from Lord of the Rings. I mean, they're they're partially spectral, but I think as they get close to you they they seem a little more, you know, solid. Because they were about to grab Siri, and then she grabs Geralt and Yennefer's hands, and luckily portals them back to Cor- uh, Kier Moran. yeah, I, yeah, and I wasn't sure in that scene if it was if it was Siri doing a portal or Yennefer doing a portal. I couldn't I couldn't tell which one it was. Pretty but sure was it was Siri. Okay. I don't okay. think Yennefer is- can portal to other worlds. I think she can portal okay. in their world. In their world, right? Okay. Good, good. Um, so yeah, my next one kind of pulls kind of right or leads right into that. And that is the rift that we see at the beginning between Yennefer and Geralt. I mean, he's, he's very like, uh, what's the word I'm searching for? Not stoic, but he's very just dismissive almost of her when she says something about they're going to protect Siri and Geralt says, no, I'm going to protect Siri. Like, oh, you mean the, the divide between him and, and Yennefer? Yennefer, yes. Did I say? Did I say Siri? Yeah, I? I think anyway, you said Siri. Yeah, the 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 rift between Geralt and and Yennefer, and I just love that he talks about her betrayal. But then I love how they turn it back, and not only do they turn it back, but and again, these are one of those callbacks to season one when she breaks that bottle and she puts that shard and she mm. goes back to those scars because mm-hmm. remember when she when she had herself changed from the ugly kind of you know uh, hunchback that she was to the beautiful Yennefer that we have today. One of the things that she specified was I want to keep my, my attempted suicide scars, Uh Yeah, you know? And so she does those same cuts and then she starts to say that spell. And it it goes back to my, my, my other point about the, the witchers are then calling her back and it gives, it gives kind of Yennefer's, it gives the spell more strength. Mm-hmm. In order for for Yennefer to be able to pull Volithmir out of Ciri and into herself, but I just love that part where again they're kind of turning to dust, and Ciri makes that final statement: "I have to go home." Yes, it just it just gave me chills because it's just <laughs> one of those things that that this whole episode was all about home, and we've been almost in this season maybe searching for a home, and it's unfortunate that. At the end there, Geralt says, well, we're going to have, I'm going to have to leave with Siri. I can't stay here. We can't have a home because she's still being chased. But it sounds like we're at least going to get our trio mm-hmm. together to where, because Yennefer is going to train her up with magic and Geralt's going to protect. So I'm, I'm excited for season three. And I'm really hoping a uh, crazy fun Uncle Yaskier gets to join them as well. <laughs> gets to join them. Yeah, yeah. At least, yeah. Ooh, hopefully, we'll see. We'll talk, we may talk some more about that. I think I've got something in my notes. So. Yeah, so I, I, I love that Yennefer scene too. It was part of my um, 
discussion about the whole battle is that that's another callback to season one, not only the scars on her wrists, but the her offering herself as a vessel because in the episode with the djinn she does a spell where she tries to become the vessel for the djinn okay right i forgot about that i do yeah i do remember that now so that's good yeah and so her and then of course her sacrifice brings her magic back which was awesome because yeah i mean she's proven that she doesn't completely need it but i can't watch The Witcher without Yennefer having magic because she is an no. amazing sorceress. Yeah, and she has to have her place in the in the you know if you've ever played D anD D, you've always got to you've got to have a mage, a warrior, and a healer. You, you've got or you've got to have those. You've got to have each piece of the puzzle together. You can't go without. So <laughs> and a funny bard. Mage. Exactly, and a funny bard. <laughs> uh, I have no idea where we're at. Um, I'm at my number one, and I have a feeling That's it's right. similar to your number one. It, it might be, but go with yours. Okay, we get the finale, that mic drop moment where we're following the Emperor. Uh, the Emperor Amir has finally arrived in Sintra. He's talking to Frangilla and Kahir, and they're trying to play off that this whole death of the elven baby, which led to the elves raiding um, Redania, taking care of another one of their their enemies. This was all their idea. This was their whole plot. And the emperor turns around, has them arrested because he says he cannot trust them anymore. And he says he needs to find his daughter because the emperor is Dooney. Yes, yes, Dooney. Again, I mentioned it earlier, season one, episode four of where is I got the title right here of Banquets, Bastards, and Burials. So, yes, very, very interesting. The return, and I did check IMDb. Also, it is the same actor. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's it's definitely. I wanted to go back and rewatch that episode to see because I I thought they died at the end, but maybe it was unclear. That the parents died at the end? I'm not sure. No, Maybe they didn't die exiled. at the end. I think it's mentioned um, between either Mausak and Calanthe or Calanthe and someone. She, she, I, Maybe it's when she's talking to Geralt, she tells him how she lost her, her daughter in a, in a shipwreck, you know, and that they, they died at sea. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so we just, yeah, that, that, that. And I'm assuming, and this was, I had a question about this because after I watched it the first time, I just assumed who the person was that Rince and Lydia were meeting at the end was Dunny, the, the emir. But now after the second watch, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it was the same. I don't think I have a, I have a theory who I think it is, but, okay. um, I didn't, I didn't think it. Well, after we found out that the emperor was Dooney, I didn't believe that that's who they were going to that's who the employer was and i thought we were going to get to see him but we didn't but i'm going to throw in my guess that it is a uh, vilgaforth cuz that dude is oh, shady yeah that that could be that that could be but i was i was very surprised to see lydia with her face all messed oh, up oh man and uh, she's and worse than rents yeah, and speaking telepathically because it looks like she can't move her mouth Mm-mm. or something so yeah. uh yeah so th- yeah that that part that's one of those things that we'll have to get wrapped up in the, or they'll have to show us in the next, in the next season, keep us wanting for more. One of those questions we, we did. So yeah, my number one was kind of that same thing, the reveal of, of Denny, but also kind of talking about where everybody's at 
there at the end because we see we see you know Vesemir is collecting up the necklaces so he can add them to I I guess they're going to put the tree back together or a, a new tree I don't know um but we see that like you said Yennefer gets her power back and I love then we get this little kind of a coda with the elves where they're at their camp and you can tell Francesca is still burning. Francesca is ready to still be on the warpath and because they bring in Istrid and she's just like, just kill him, you know, mm-hmm. just kill him. He's a human. We're not going to have anything to do with humans, period. And she, she said that same vague line that we kind of talked about before. She said, since the humans arrived... We thought they would be different, but they haven't. And we dug our own graves with them. But, you know, then Istrid, and this was one of the things that I didn't catch the first viewing. I'm glad I caught it on the second viewing is they went back to the Hin Iker, the, the mm-hmm. prophesied elven warrior princess that now the elves know that Siri is of elder blood. And so he says, he says something like, well, she's, she's of elder blood. She's like you, but she's not like you or, or something Mm -hmm. like that. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next season, how they, how they bring that, that in and bring it. So I I was really, and then of course we see that the owl is there watching them and we get the reveal when that owl goes back to Dykstra, that now Dykstra knows that Siri is this pro is not just the princess of, uh, Sintra, but she's also this prophesied whatever that mm-hmm. the elves are seeking. And then we see, we, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning. We get the mages, the mage council deciding to put a bounty out there on Siri. So now the yes. mages are against her. And even Geralt says that, you know, the mages are, are, if the mages know she's still out there and around, they're going to come looking for her. So. And that was interesting to see Tissaia on the council there telling them. And, and she didn't seem to have a problem with putting a bounty on Ciri's head, even though she knows that she was with the witcher that was looking for Yennefer. So she knows that Yennefer may somehow <coughs> excuse me, be tied up with this. And um, also, you know, she, she didn't seem to have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where we where we go uh, from here, uh, what next season brings us. But uh, um, that's all I had. What are uh, some of the notes that we haven't talked about already? Well, also Dykstra said something very interesting to Philippa. He said that, uh, get me the bard. He needs to meet his benefactor. Oh. Yes, thank you. I was going to bring that up when you talked about Yaskier being part of the 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 our trio and hopefully being in the next season and i was like well hopefully he'll be in the next season <laughs> so uh yeah no he'll definitely be in the next season i think they need to play that story out mm-hmm. about him and and dykstra and their relationship um just well i've got some questions too about dooney so so i believe so Oh, so this was the Easter egg I mentioned is when we're in Ciri's dream and we see everyone starting to turn to dust as she's leaving the dream. We see Calanthe, Mousesack, and Pavetta start to turn to dust. But I watched it on a second watch just to make sure. And we don't see Dooney start to turn to dust at all. Because he's not dead. Right. But that apparently that is... means Pavetta is. Because I thought, well, is if Dooney's alive, is Pavetta alive? But she started turning into dust, just like Calanthe okay. and Mausak did. I didn't catch that on either watch, that he didn't turn to dust. That's a good catch, because that, uh, that would mean also that 
she had a bit of for she had got a bit of prophecy or foreshadowing in her dream even then mm-hmm. knowing that or somehow maybe her subconscious knowing that he is alive or some sort of magic thing but so interesting so if he's alive why and i'm sure these are questions for season three which is why i'm very excited for season three why did he never go back to sintra for siri and why does he try to destroy sintra and his mother-in-law in order to get siri back i mean if he's her rightful father why could he not just go back to sintra and say give me my daughter mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that explains why if people knew why uh, Nilfgaard knew before everybody else what mm-hmm. Siri was. So I don't know. Yeah, and they may have to explain. You know, it may be just it may be something as simple as he had to build up his power. He didn't think he could just walk back in and and take her and then take her back. Maybe he felt he had to build up his power to where he'd be able to take over. Yeah. And have an, I don't know. Uh, well, we do. Know I mean, we that, know that so, Calanthe wasn't a big fan of his. She didn't really want her daughter marrying him. Well, and we know that he hasn't been in power for a long time. Mm-hmm. Remember, because he, he's the, he's the, oh, he's the usurper. He's, he overthrew mm-hmm. whoever the, the king was that, that uh, Frangilla went there to serve. Yeah. Because remember that that king put her in the house and they were just used as as playthings. We talked about that. And then this guy came in and broke them out. So it, it may not have been very long that he's been there in, or had power there. So maybe maybe they'll show us that in the in season three, how he came to power in Redania. No, I'm sorry. Not in Nilfgaard. It's yeah, so confusing. Redania. There's so it many is, places. It is. <laughs> and it it's is. only getting how- bigger. Yeah, how he came to power in Nilfgaard. So, have we any other quotes that we haven't mentioned yet? Uh, some of my notes were <laughs> funniest thing is or, it always seems like Yaskier's eating something. <laughs> <laughs> he went to the uh, the the um, the dwarf encampment and put something in his mouth mm-hmm. that he immediately spit out. But then when he and uh, Yennefer are in the the Witcher Laboratory, and you know yes. you're standing in a Witcher Laboratory, and you're sitting there eating things out of the bowl. Like, yeah. I don't think that's yeah. real safe, Yaskier. <laughs> I did think it was funny that he was like, every time I wake up, you're you, every time you wake me up, something bad happens or something like that. And so, <laughs> and she's like, wait, did you say possessed? And then, uh, like when he walks into the room and he says, uh, "How does he?" I didn't write it down, but he says, "Yennefer told me to tell you." Shit. <laughs> You're busy. <laughs> I'll just go. Yeah. So I thought it was funny. Um, uh, any other notes that we haven't talked about? Um, did you notice the Jurassic Park reference? Or at least to me, it seemed like a Jurassic Park reference when Yaskier's under the table and Siri's calling up the giant basilisk. We see a bowl on the floor and it starts to shake. Oh. It starts to shake the bolster. I did, yeah. yeah. I noticed it. I didn't pick it up. It may, maybe might have been a little nod to Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> it seems so Jurassic Park to me. Yeah, and maybe this will be something we talk about after we do our quotes and everything. But um, if you continued to watch, there was a mid-credit trailer for the prequel, which will be coming out. I don't know when it's coming out, but it's called Blood Origin. That's gonna be cool. And you said it's got Michelle Yeoh in it? Mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh. Mm, it's, I'm, from what the trailer is showing us, it looks to me to be 
possibly the story about um, the conjunction of the spheres, either what happened before or directly after the conjunction of the spheres, maybe how the humans and the monsters came to the continent. And um, yeah, it it looks really good. I'm thinking, I'm hoping it might also show us the origin of the witchers. Nice. That would be cool. That would be cool. Um, So I guess uh, if you've got if those are all your notes, all my notes are done. I'm looking to see. I already talked about Istrid, talked about the mages. Yeah. Um, so I, I've just got quotes left. Um, and my first one is just, it's kind of a repeat of, but it's Geralt saying it instead of Vesemir saying it. It's witchers don't kill out of fear. They kill to save lives. And then, of course, of course Vesemir follows that up with, I said that, but that was BS. So. <laughs> um. My one of my favorite Yaskir ones is the last time I woke up, woke up next to you, you grabbed me by the balls and then blew up the building. <laughs> <That's> the <one laughs> when that's Yennefer the goes to wake him up. Yes, uh, and my last, the only, the only other one I've got that we haven't uh, talked about already is Siri. If you can hear me, if you can hear us, come home. And we kind of talked about that, but we didn't uh, actually loved read it. The, the quote. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I've got the one more written in here, but I have to. I, I put one aside because I thought maybe you might want to say it, but <laughs> I'll do that next. Yaskir says to Yennefer, "What are you going to do?" As he's leaving the Witcher labo- laboratory, and Yennefer says, "What witches do best? Make a potion." I thought that was good. That was good. Uh, what's your other quote? Uh, well, I was going to leave this for you in case you wanted to say it, but I think Yaskir must stay up at night thinking of colorful metaphors for things because he says to Yennefer, please tell me you're making a hangover cure because my head feels like it's lodged between the buttocks of a fat and sexually rageful goat. I heard that one today on the second watch, and I'm going to tell you, I saved that one for you. I knew <laughs> you would love a good Yaskier quote, and I thought, that'll be something Laura will, will pick oh up on. Well, okay, so. by, next, by next season, I need to have at least one good Yaskier quote on a t-shirt. <laughs> Very good. Uh, unfortunately, your your post didn't didn't garner us any feedback <sighs> that I could find. So hopefully if, if some come up, we'll, we'll figure out how to, how to work it in. I have tequila uh, somewhere. at the ready people. <laughs> um, and so as we do, let's, let's go into our podcast recommendations. And I have got to admit, I recorded two podcasts this week and both of them. I have just blanked on podcast recommendations. So, uh, I will let you give yours. Well, um, one of my other favorite shows, Outlander, premiered this Sunday, and I really love listening to Outlander cast with Mary and Blake. They have their own network where they review shows like This Is Us and uh, The Last Kingdom, but Outlander cast is their flagship show, and it just came out with its first episode for season six this week. So any Outlander fans out there, go and check them out. Very, very cool. Um, and you said at the beginning you kind of want to talk about um, kind of our overall thoughts for the season. Yeah. So what do you think of season two compared to season one? Oh, God, that's that's a difficult call to make because I didn't rewatch season one. So I don't want to make a comparison between the two necessarily. I did love, though, that we, we had a lot of callbacks 
mm-hmm. to season one that that we were able to pick up on. And I think really I was able to pick up on those callbacks because I did watch season one twice before podcasting, or I watched it once and then we then we podcasted on it as having watched it already. So it was kind of it was a different kind of format for Mark and I when we covered the first season. And and so I liked this one. I liked I, I like that it had more of a straightforward story. I, I will say that. So it, it, it edges out season one a little bit on that in that we didn't have to worry about conflicting timelines and, you know, whose, whose timeline are we in now? What year is it? Where, where are we going? I like that they wrapped up some of the big things that, that we had questions about during the whole season. And we really, yeah, it, it felt like, we got a better, we got better answers to some. And I think the fights were a little bit better. I think the, the budget may have got ramped up a little bit more. You know, there was that one episode where they really didn't have any monsters, but uh, I think uh, this one definitely made up for that one. What about you? So after watching the finale, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole of watching different things. And I watched um, a couple behind the scenes, Netflix behind the scenes, um, things on the making of season two and I watched the season I had been I'd had this in my YouTube queue because I was just waiting to finish the finale to watch the honest trailers of the Witcher season two. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet I, I have to watch it I'll probably watch it tonight every time I, I see an honest trailer for something I love I just gotta watch I it I love those I love those so much so I I would say Man, it's difficult because I really, really loved season one. I think I liked season two just a hair less than season one because unlike you, I really liked the 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 time switch thing, the 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 twist on the timeline because when I finally discovered that, my mind was blown and I just love it when something crazy like that happens. So I kind of like that. I, I didn't mind the, the very linear storytelling this time. Um, I liked that we got a lot of big answers to some of the bigger questions. I loved some of the storylines like um, Yennefer trying to get her magic back and, and just trying to, to cope without magic. I loved getting the introduction of the elves and and getting more of their backstory and everything. I liked Frangilla. I liked getting to see her get all ruthless and everything. So I liked those things. But I think this season, we lost a little bit of the humor of season one. Um, Geralt, in addition to, you know, Yaskier being a funny character, Geralt was kind of funny in the first season. You know, all of his grunts and his F-bombs and everything. <laughs> I think they tried to scale back on that this year and give him a bit more dialogue, which is fine. I totally appreciate Henry Cavill and his acting, so give him more dialogue. But but make him lighten up a little, too, because he was fun when he was when he was a little bit grumpy and played off of that grumpiness, you know? Um, and let me think that, yes. And I, I kind of missed having the one-off monster of the week episodes. I think there were a few more of those in season one. And in this season, the only one we got was the first episode, which is probably one of right. my favorite episodes of this season. I can, I can see that. That's, those are all valid things. I, I do like that. We have quite a bit of setup for season three mm-hmm. as well, though. I, I really enjoy that. I really am good. The speculation of, of what we're going to do, what, where we're going to take this and, and when season three is going to get here is, is, uh, just, just, uh, yeah, just that, that anticipation yeah. is there. Uh, I think so, a little bit think- of that humor and self-referential, like, 
I don't know, being a being able to to be a little bit poke some fun at itself is what set it apart for me from other shows like Game of Thrones or I haven't seen this other one, um, Wheel of Time, but but other fantasy shows. They they take themselves very, very seriously. So I always love yeah. that the Witcher could poke a little fun at itself and, and I hope we can get that a little bit more in season three. Okay. I, I, that's valid. That's valid. Uh, with that, with our, our YouTube recommendations, I will, will throw those, uh, honest trailers in there. Uh, those, uh, those guys at honest trailers are amazing at what they do. And I just, I, I'm with you. I almost, if I see them drop and it's something that I'm really, even if it's something I'm not interested in, I'll, I'll watch it just to hear, just to hear the jokes. And, uh, I think my favorite honest trailer is for Die Hard, which they don't. <laughs> crap on it so, yeah <laughs> and he, spe- he specifically says beginning, i'm not gonna dump on die hard come on so. i love that one too and i'll give you just the tiniest spoiler because I, I i gave myself a pat on the back when they mentioned it but they said uh something like you think it's hard being an elf in the continent try being a baby and they showed all the babies that died i'm like yeah i called oh. it <laughs> yep yep you don't want to be a Very horse good. or a baby nope <laughs> How about you? What's your YouTube recommendation for the week? Uh, like I said, I went back and I watched The Witcher Netflix Unlocked Season 2. It's about an hour long, so if you're ready for a sit- good sit-down, they've got a lot of good behind-the-scenes information in there. But with that, we will wrap up uh, with our coverage of The Witcher Season 2 with telling you how you can submit your feedback to us. We can be heard on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player of choice that you use. If ratings are available, give us a rating or a review on one of those platforms. You can check out our website. It is panels2pixelspodcast.com. Currently, it redirects you to our Facebook page. And to submit your theories and feedback, which you should definitely do, go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash panels2pixels. We are on Twitter at Panels2Pixels. That's at Panels, the number two, and then Pixels. Or email us at Panels2Pixels1 at gmail.com. You can catch us on YouTube. You can find us there at Panels2Pixels Podcast. Give us a thumbs up and subscribe to us there on YouTube. We are on Instagram at Panels2Pixels Podcast. You can check out all the other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network. We highly recommend them. Wilhelm, The Melting Pat, Podcast Zero, and so much more. You can go to nextlevelradioonline.com to see all of them. Laura. Yes, sir. Everyone has been waiting all week to hear your latest Dumb Idea podcast. Okay, well... I don't know. It, it, we did have the dumb ideas, yes, last week, but this last week That's right. oh. can also be a dumb idea, or it can be brilliant. <laughs> um, as I was watching the behind the scenes, the two actors who played Cohen and Lambert, they actually were able to talk to the showrunner of The Witcher, and they were giving her a proposal for a Witcher spinoff, which was called something to the effect of Witchers in Space... Cohen and Lamb Chop. And I thought, how brilliant. This could be a narrative podcast that can be 
content crowdsourced, you know, listeners to the podcast would send an episode idea through and it would become a fanfic narrative. If we could bring in the actors, they could do the voices for it or we could just badly imitate them. And I think in their proposal, it said something about Yaskier turns into a lizard, something about space twins and things like that. So nice. Podcast recommendation or proposal, Witchers in Space, Cohen and Lamb Chop, on the run, together in space. I can see it now. Witchers in space. My Muppets impression there. Muppets um, reference. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Daphne and I will be continuing our Snowpiercer uh discussion over season three of that show uh, later this week you'll you'll catch that episode um gosh laura this has been a great great eight weeks of podcasting with you i have to admit it's been it's been rough i talked to daphne a little bit about it that doing two podcasts a week she's done three podcasts a week at one point so i i so but uh, it has been a joy podcasting with you over the witcher season two i look forward to witcher season three coming out and us picking this up again or finding something else that we might podcast together about oh well thanks for inviting me on steve i had a really good time it was so much fun this is the first time i've actually done a weekly podcast i've I've dropped in here and there for movie podcasts but i have a great appreciation for what you guys do this is such an amazing amount of work and love and passion that you guys put into your podcast so i am very impressed to see how much you guys put into your podcast and thanks for having me as a guest well thank you for being here with that i'm steve i'm lara and this was panels to pixels and we will see you on the next panel good night good night